Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Moving Oolong podcast. Today is the 69th episode, and we'll be revisiting a topic that we talked about a few seasons ago at the beginning where we discuss our astrological signs and what it means to have a rising sun and all the different symbols. So instead of us just reading off of Google or from what we've learned here and there, we decided to bring on an expert who will help us go through our birth charts, answer any of our questions. And so maybe even though we're revisiting the topic, you'll learn something new with us. But before we get started with that, we always have to do our weekly recap and I think we all had a fun weekend, or at least I did. So, Linda, do you want to start with our recap? Um, yeah. So I think the highlight of my week was my warm and sticky house (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) I had a small, like, house forming, but it's been, like, three months since I moved in. So it's just more of, like, a get-together with some friends and... It was like kind of a big affair. I was telling a relatively big affair compared to like (laughs) our lives this past year. I was telling Ming and Sally before when we were preparing like the food and everything. I was like more excited planning for Mm. it and like getting ready than like the actual event, which is like hosting and like people. Um, But we had like we invited people from like different circles in our lives. So I was a little anxious about how they would interact but it seemed like everyone had fun like people were all talking to each other and like people got along pretty well who Mm -hmm. I forget that they've never like met um it's kind of like a guest list of our moving along guests to be honest (laughs) with a few other friends um yeah it was great we had two kinds of fire a wood fire and like a charcoal a grill (laughs) fire oh charcoal fire Mm -hmm. and we had mahjong and we made skewers and sally made some very nice alcohol thing it was a lot of fun what did you guys think yeah i had fun it was probably the highlight of my week or the whole year maybe even it was Mm. a fun time and we had a lot of fun planning but (laughs) ming and i were i think all of us were like we planned so much for it but the actual event just went by so fast and like to me, it was all a blur, and I don't remember anything that actually happened. I wonder why, Sally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might have to do with the shots on. No, shots. like I remember, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was so I'm mean, not sober. I was alert the whole time, mm. but the only thing like significant I remember happening was that I kept losing in mahjong. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ming and I I went to bed together and woke up together very intimate it was not 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 as fun as we thought (laughs) no I had a lot of fun too I think yeah I was anxious like you were Linda about everyone getting along just because you're never sure when they're from different areas of your life but also because I knew everyone there I felt really comfortable and almost like safe like I felt like I could really express Mm. myself and like (laughs) I had a lot of fun dancing and I wasn't worrying about embarrassing myself because I trusted the people that were there so that was a really fun experience and 
I guess that's the advantage of like doing something in your home versus like going out to a bar or something like that. So I had a really great time. Linda's place was a lovely <laughs> venue for the occasion. <laughs> it's very large and like people could walk in and out. And yeah, it was really great. The only downside was somebody was snoring. <laughs> and Sally and I literally could not sleep. Um, they shall not be named, but it was pretty miserable. <laughs> so we woke up with like the classic, like two hours of sleep, barely able to open our eyes, but going still, to church. Yeah. <laughs> reminiscing on the way to church. So it was a really good time. I'm glad you did it, Linda. You should do it again. Uh, next weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> For your birthday. Ming, will you move in? Ming's oh, housewarming. housewarming. I'm sure yeah. my roommates will want to throw something. So, you more of a rager. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what else did you guys get up to over the weekend or the week besides all the tequila shots and dancing? We did a lot of bouldering. Ming. Oh yeah. You want to talk about that, Sally? <laughs> Your projects. <laughs> projects. Oh my gosh. Yeah, singular, singular project. That I finally sent, I finally got this V1 that I was working on. It was an overhang. And after Carlos, our good coach, helping with technique and things like that, I was able to send it or like reach the top. So that was a really good, like I haven't, honestly, that felt probably better than the party. Like that feeling, <laughs> the surge of adrenaline, the feeling of accomplishment and Oh man, I, I can see why climbing is addicting now because it's just a really great feeling to know that after working so hard on it, your body was able to do what you mm -hmm. wanted it to do. So yeah. mm. really great. And I invested in a two-month pass. So we'll see it's how much official. I'll climb. Well, I have two months, so it's a trial period. Um, but I think I think I'm fully invested. I was browsing like the chalk bags the other day and like looking up accessories and watching YouTube videos. So my hobbies never last too long. I think like crocheting I haven't done in a while, but perhaps this one might last at least two months. I mean, we've been climbing for like years, kind of. Yeah, but very like college. off and on. Like the commitment was never there. Yeah, yeah. It was like but a now low that lift. You put money into it you know now i gotta you need the money for the commitment it's the same thing yeah. for me and my pottery like once i pay that session i have to commit to six weeks and then mm -hmm. get you hooked sally you had fun climbing though yeah i had fun even though you didn't quite commit but I, maybe soon okay i was preparing to commit but then i floated the idea to my mom and she was like no it's application season <laughs> you have no time for this i mean she's right i don't i really should be working on my applications but um mm -hmm. i'm still gonna go climbing <laughs> off of people's guest <laughs> <Next> passes <laughs> <laughs> yeah just user yeah um yeah i also completed ming's projects and I, it was really yes. fun we went bouldering friday i think and then monday as well so this is like the mo mm -hmm. most consistent i've been climbing um but on monday we also did some gym stuff and oh yeah that was it was nice. Earthtrex is a nice gym. A well-rounded well gym. Yeah. And I really like the social aspect of it. Like, I would never mm -hmm. go by myself. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's see what happened. Oh, I guess let me go into my work update. So mm. some uh, new things have been going on in work. But, I mean, I still feel kind of 
unmotivated to do anything. I just been scrolling on my phone whenever I can at work when I don't have to be <laughs> doing something. And today, scrolling or swiping, both. <laughs> um oh yeah today i stabbed myself with a syringe because oh. i was just being a fool and this is like the worst chemical safety thing that could happen because it's like a sharp and i was touching chemicals with it but you know it's okay i'm fine do you have to do like a special procedure uh, or did you just you're like, probably kinda, supposed like, to but i just put a band-aid on it oh <laughs> yeah, like, try out the eyewash station in the lab. It's very <laughs> like the pressure is very strong. I don't think you would like Aggressive. it. Really? Yeah. You're opening your eyes, right? I've never used it on my eyes, but I've tested it out because we have to keep it like we have to keep it running, make sure it works every week. And mm-hmm. it shoots up real hard. <laughs> 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 um but yeah, some of the new things that are happening in my lab is I'm getting some more collaborations. So I'm getting some worms to work with soon. Some planarium. They're like regenerative worms. And yesterday I imaged um this mouse embryo, which looked really cool. Um uh, in terms of my own projects, there aren't that much progress, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Ming? Yeah, Linda. How, Linda? Oh, I guess I can really quickly touch on work because today I got to do a really cool thing. Like my um, organization offers like educational benefits and I never took it up on them because, you know, sometimes they offer things and policies, but you're never sure if like people actually use them. But my boss encouraged me about two weeks ago to sign up for a general assembly, which is kind of a, a company kind of that runs these workshops. So I was able to take a workshop on like Google Analytics and Tag Manager. So I learned a lot more about like the marketing data end of it. And it was really cool actually to like be in our workshop class because it was a Zoom call and there were only five other students. So it felt very intimate and I was able to ask the instructor um, and they were from, from London. So it was cool to hear their accent. And I don't know, I just had fun learning. So, and I didn't have to pay for it, which was really nice. And I'm really looking forward to, I'm taking a two week class not two week, two day class in September about Adobe Speed. Like, I think the last time I took lessons was in high school mm-hmm. with Miss Cunningham. <laughs> so I'm excited to, you know, refresh my skills in Photoshop and in design and like learn how to do some stuff. And it's all coming out of my organization's budget and not my wallet. So nice. I, yes. I guess you should check if you're like to people listening or whoever, you should double check if you have a policy or. I don't know if your company offers something because they're literally offering you free courses. So I'm glad I took them up on it. But yes, that was very fulfilling today at work. Mm. Linda, Linda. Mm. is work fulfilling? (laughs) I mean, it's like the end of the fiscal year frenzy. Oh, don't say that. Like, I'm spending like thousands of dollars every day, like so stressed out. Um, Mm -hmm. But it will be over on September 30th. So I'm just like doing their contracts and whatever. I kind of do feel like more important than usual because (laughs) everyone's like asking me for stuff. I'm like, I'll handle it. I'll take care of your thousands of dollars. That Mm -hmm. kind of vibe, I guess. But oh, I also went bouldering more than usual because I got to go to Sport Rock in she's branching Alexandria. out <laughs> yeah and then I was like no 
because I think we've only been to Earth Tracks. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to go with M's uncle and get some professional advice. Oh. Um, Did you so learn it's anything? Like the, it's the ritual, like the climbing? Climb on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn like, any tip thing? techniques? Did you learn any techniques yeah, from that techniques, uncle? Linda. I learned like safety techniques to like check the the knots. I know how to do mm-hmm. it now, mm-hmm. and how to check the other person. And I try to do like a five point ten, which is the hardest I've done. It was like with the huge balls, and you kind of like shift your weight to like get up mm-hmm. on the wall. And that was pretty fun. But I think it was nice to just go to like a different gym and feel out the vibe and like scope out the people there because it is a, a lifestyle as they call it um, so it was nice to to branch out was anyone wearing a beanie at your gym a beanie there was a lot of asian people like mm. asian millennials around well i guess it's like annandale that's Virginia. every gym mm-hmm. Every last year, you got them. Yeah, yeah. It was more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have our expert in astrology. Our friend Hannah Huey is here to educate us and give us a small birth chart reading. So very excited about that. I know we've all had like a minimum level of interest in astrology and we did that episode before but now we get to do it for real so very excited hannah thank you so much for coming um coming in to speak with us so we'll be going through some foundations and things like that but hannah i forgot how we met (laughs) is it through sydney (laughs) i think so i think we met like through I remember you showed some of your artwork once at one of those dance first Friday things. And then oh. we just like followed each other on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hannah is a friend from college. I think we were involved in some like artsy stuff and we had a mutual <laughs> friend. Um, but yeah, Hannah, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, hi, I'm Hannah. <laughs> um, thank you for having me on the pod. It's an honor. Uh, and first of all, I should say I'm not really an expert in astrology, just like a hobbyist, I would say. There's a lot I don't know. Um, but yeah, I went to, I don't know what I should say, I went to UMD as well. And yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now, postgrad? Sure. So, funny story. Um, I went to college for dance and theater, and then um, when we all graduated into the 2020 pandemic situation, um, I decided to sort of change my career plans. So now I'm doing computer science, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be working as a front-end web developer after I graduate this December. So, yeah, that's what I'm up to now. Wow. So how did you get involved with astrology? How did you, like, get started? Yeah, so I think I started 
my interest in astrology started like freshman year of college because I was in that phase of like I I really didn't know who I was or what I wanted um so I was doing all these like personality tests and Mm, stuff like that yeah so I think astrology was sort of a natural branch off of that um but I didn't really start studying it seriously until 2020 I think partly because of the pandemic and I was like god why Uh, is this happening (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah I I mostly have studied things from like uh online podcasts and youtube channels and stuff like that Do you engage with your friends with it? Like, is it um, kind of a hobby you do socially? Or is it more just like for yourself? Like you said, your own self-reflection? Or like, I know we're asking you later to like read our birth charts. But you do (laughs) do that commonly? Not really. I mostly do it um, by myself, (laughs) which sounds really sad. But um, I, (laughs) I have read like casually read a couple of friends charts it's like a fun party trick I guess sort of thing to do um Mm. I would say not I'm not as come I'm I don't feel as confident like reading birth charts more so like looking at transits and stuff like that but yeah it's fun to do (laughs) I think that's a good segue to get into the foundational concepts of astrology because I don't even know what transits yeah. mean. I feel yeah. like we heard, we hear the big, you know, the big terms and we know the different signs. But I think that's all I know. Right. So I can explain some foundational stuff because um, I think I find it really interesting. Actually, the type of astrology that I study the most is referred to as like traditional astrology or Hellenistic astrology. So this is like super, super mm-hmm. early on, like ancient civilization type of stuff. Um, and the reason why I like this uh, type of astrology is because they re- they usually have like reasons behind everything um, that make sense on a not necessarily scientific, but on like a human uh, logic level. So I'll start by saying, or I'll start by asking the question, how does astrology work? So a lot of people are very quick to dismiss astrology because they think it's like uh, some made up, like, made of stuff obviously this can't be true like the universe does not revolve around the earth um and if you believe in that like you're an idiot however um i like to challenge that (laughs) by saying astrology never aimed to explain the universe it never the purpose of astrology was never to be scientifically correct um astrology is a tool for divination essentially um and it's centered from a human point of view so in astrology everything is um 
everything is like geocentric. So when you look at the planets, the signs, the aspects, etc., everything is from the perspective of humans on the earth because the system was invented by humans for humans to better understand their mm-hmm. lives. So they like back in the day, the ancient people would like look in the sky and keep track of like, oh, this star was over here yesterday and now it's over here. And that must mean something. So that was very long. Rambly. <laughs> uh, starter Foundation. Uh, I can go on to talk about um, our understanding of planets. So I'm sure you all know, like, there's the mm-hmm. sun, Mercury, Moon, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. And then, so those wow. are considered like the traditional, <laughs> the traditional planets. Um, because the other three, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, those weren't, those are not visible to the naked eye. So like the ancients were not aware of those planets. Mm-hmm. Um, so in traditional astrology, there's more of a focus on what they call like the classical seven planets. Um, And I guess another important concept to understand is like the planet's role as actors. Um, The planets are viewed as having agency um, because in the ancient point of view, they saw, so every day, like the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, right? And this is something that happens no matter what. The speed is pretty much constant. So the ancients viewed that rotation as representative of like fate, um, essentially the opposite of free will. It's like something that's going to happen every day no matter what, and humans don't really have a say in it. Now, planets, on the other hand, they all move throughout the sky at different speeds, Sometimes they appear to go backwards, which is the retrograde. Um, And they also change speeds. They're not always going at a constant speed. So for this reason, the planets were theorized to be uh, like things that had agency against the constant like rising and setting. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, people look at the planets with significance, I guess. Wait, so it's not just Mercury that can be in retrograde? No, every, every planet can go into retrograde except for the sun wow. and the moon. Oh. Yeah. Um, but Mercury goes into retrograde the most often because of its relationship. Like, it's like its distance to the sun and the earth makes it, like, mm. go retrograde more often. So, yeah. Um, are there any other questions before I, like, continue info dumping? <laughs> Maybe. Go- okay, I was go- just going to comment yeah, on go what you said at the beginning of, like, knowing, understanding the perspective of how it was thought of, like, in the ancient times. Because I think I'm not, like, hugely skeptic. Like, I'll allow myself to be interested in astrology. I'm not, like, no astrology. Like, it's horrible kind of thing. But... It definitely is more humbling to think of like how it was started, basically. It was started because that was 
people like just paying attention to their natural surroundings and um, trying to look for answers. And I think we all do that. But when we get like caught up in like, oh, is it scientific or not? Has it been proven or not? I think sometimes we forget that like it was there before us. I don't know, like the idea that astrology was around well before, like we knew about anything that has been scientifically proven. So I think that's a good perspective to have when you like think of this. <laughs> At least I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Also, it's like associated with, I think, of women's hobby kind of because in like cosmopolitan <laughs> and like 17 or whatever so I guess that's a part of why it's like it's not scientific and mm. it has to be proven like that kind of um stereotype of astrology yeah for sure that's like one of my favorite things to think about is like if I existed back in ancient times before we had any like electricity or like I don't know, stuff like that. Like, I think I would also, like, go out and gaze at the stars and wonder what it means. So, mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. like that. It's like the farmer's almanac, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Is it related yeah. to that? I think, I think they're similar. Um, I don't know a lot. I don't know a ton about the farmer's almanac, but I think it also aims to, like, estimate the weather patterns and stuff right mm -hmm. yeah cool so i'll go on with some more foundational concepts yeah. um so there are some basic principles i guess that essentially give elements in astrology their meanings so like for example, if we take the the sign Libra and we're like, why is Libra the way it is and not like something <laughs> <Maybe>. else? <laughs> so I would like to know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are a number of classifications. One of them is referred to as sect, which is like daytime versus nighttime because those create a different quality it's kind of similar to like yin and yang in chinese uh philosophy i guess where like daytime is more like yang it's more like active external um like it's like of the quality of the sun so the sun is like actively aggressively outputting mm. its light and its heat to the rest of the universe and then nocturnal, it's like of the nature of the moon. So the moon isn't actively outputting light. It's just reflecting what is already there. And it's more of like a quieter manifestation. Mm -hmm. So then another, another feature is like elements. So you probably are aware it's like water, earth, <laughs> air, and fire. Um, and the elements are, they can be even further broken down into like hot and cold and warm, no, <laughs> hot and cold and dry and moist. So those give each of the elements their own temperament, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, like, daytime 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 elements would be like air and fire which are both i believe warm 
and then fire is like warm and dry and air is warm and moist and then the nighttime elements are like earth and water which uh water is obviously cold and moist and then earth is cold and dry so if you think about it like Mm. the nocturnal elements water and earth they don't like actively put themselves out into the world they kind of like sit there Mm. and mold Mm. into the shape of like their container um whereas fire it like actively spreads actively consumes and air is like if you think of when wind or air currents it's like actively moving around (laughs) so those are the elements that's really interesting Um, i think there's like a lot of similarity between the astrology elements and traditional Chinese medicine. Like Linda, we were taking that class on Coursera. Remember, they like <laughs> yeah. taught us a lot about there. I mean, I think the elements are similar. And then the idea of yin and yang, like one is active and one is more passive and like one is like filling up a container or something. Um, and then the idea of dry um, and wet it's very similar to like hot, like the hot, cold kind of um, elements in tra- traditional Chinese medicine. So, and mm, yeah, I it's like chemistry kind of. <laughs> yeah. And there are developed like very, it was also developed a very long time ago. So back then people, I guess, derived the same ideas independently. Mm, it's like the fortune teller in Taiwan who mm-hmm. told me I had like too much like wood and like the wood was like dry. Yeah. It's like that kind of like like wood was an element in the that the fortune teller was talking mm-hmm. about. But it's kind of similar. Yeah, that's interesting. I would love to do more research into like ancient Chinese philosophies and practice just to see like how they overlap. Um but yeah, so those are the elements. Um, and then the other classification is like modality is one name for it. And it's kind of like the quality of action. So there's cardinal, fixed, and oh God, what is it called? <laughs> Mutable? I think it's what it's called. <laughs> um, it just is. That sounds, I've heard of it. <laughs> so cardinal is like the start of something. Um, it's more direction focused. Uh, yeah, it's like the start of the season, getting things going. And then fixed energy is like the ability to maintain something for a really long time, um, and to be really stable. And then mutable is like very adaptable, go with the flow. You're able to incorporate what was already there and um transform it into something else or you know sort of end that thing and start a new one and then i believe those are the those are some of the basic principles and then so back to the point about like why is libra the way it is um so each Mm -hmm. sign has a it's either like diurnal or nocturnal it has an element it has a modality, um, and it also has a ruling planet. So 
all those things give signification to the sign. Um, and I can talk very briefly about, about uh, the qualities of the planets because the planets are considered like more significant, I guess, than the signs. I think most people nowadays have like a general understanding of the signs, but in actuality, mm -hmm. the planets were considered to be like um, more important, I guess. Um, and the signs were considered like the houses or the temples of the planets. So, uh, sun is basically represents wisdom, leadership, authority, um, true, authentic self-expression, um, knowledge, stuff like that. Moon, these are, these are going to be very simplified. Moon is like, um, things that are changing quickly and change a lot. So like emotions, um, inner, inner thoughts, the way someone reacts. Moon also signifies like, um, women or like mother, mother energy, uh, mm. because the moon is very like moist. So it's very nurturing and related <laughs> to nature. Um, what else does moon? I think that's fine for moon. Uh, Mercury is related to like intellect, um, things that are moving very quickly and have lots of details. So um, Mercury also rules like sports games and um, like technology, um, stuff like that. <laughs> And then Mars is the planet of war, basically. It's related to... Its nature is very hot and fiery, um, so interpretively that comes off as, like, abrasive, combative, um, uh, aggressive, but on a more positive side, it also relates to, like, direct action and decisiveness. Um, triumph, uh, stuff like that. And then, let's see, Venus, planet of love, um, beauty, harmony. It has like a moderate, nice temperature. So it's in general signifies things that are moderate and nice and harmonious. And, um, it's all about like cohesiveness and uniting things. And then Jupiter is like the a bigger version of Venus, basically. It's very moist, so very conducive to growth. Um, Jupiter is considered like a lucky planet, or I should say it brings good fortune um, and it brings hmm. growth and expansion. Um, and then Saturn is farthest from the sun, so it is the most cold and the most dry. And so for that reason, it's related to matters that are more like somber, um, more restrained, uh, also like sobriety, uh, depression, um, any sort of like 
it's kind of the opposite of Jupiter. Like you are confined to this way. Um, and it can also signify like uh, leaders of government that are more so focused on like making the tough decisions. Um, those kind of authority figures. So yeah, that's a brief feel of the planets. <laughs> funny because when sally and linda brought up like how what you were talking about earlier reminded them of chinese traditional chinese medicine when you were talking about like describing the planets i thought of like percy jackson <gasps> i know the Maybe. Same Maybe. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. like the roman gods <laughs> because, yeah, the, yeah i know that the greek gods and the roman gods are very related mm-hmm. and i think the same and depending on who you ask and like all the different houses the qualities that you were describing like reminded me of the houses and everyone at the camp how um, the different gods <laughs> had those characteristics so that's my like reference point <laughs> yeah it's so like organized i love it yeah. I, I do love that <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> yeah i think like when i was learning them it was definitely helpful to think of the planets as like what would they be if they were people mm-hmm. um yeah i guess one more thing that i would mention as like our final foundational principle or i guess we could keep going uh is like dignity so as i mentioned earlier each sign is ruled by a planet so when a planet is transiting so transits are just like (laughs) when a planet is in a certain place in the sky so okay. at any given point in time, there are transits going on. Um, but yeah, so as mm. I was saying, dignity is like if a planet is in its home sign, um, it feels very empowered and able to manifest its expressions healthily and steadily in the way it wants to. Versus if they're in a sign that they feel uncomfortable in, and then they are in a weakened state and they're not as able to express themselves the way they want to. So, yeah. Oh, I was like Libra season. Or yeah, like is that why people cancer season? season. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the transits. Um, that's like when the sun is transiting through the sign of Libra, it's Libra season. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what? How do you know what position is what season or what sign? So the signs, I believe, are in relatively fixed positions um, in relation to the Earth. I'm sure it's like actually moving, but it's so far away that it's relatively fixed. I don't know, actually. <laughs> but um, they're... Each planet moves at like a certain speed and you can expect them to go to a certain place um, over time. Uh, and most people use like apps or websites to that will just like show you a picture of the sky. So you can see like each planet and uh, its location by sign and degree. So yeah. Oh. It's very scientific. Like you can measure the angle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you mentioned apps. 
and websites that people use. So I think we wanted to ask about this because I guess in our current society, or at least culturally, most people who have heard of astrology typically got it from media. I'm going to make that generalization um, because most people I've met have either used the app like CoStar or in magazines or it's mentioned in like shows and things like that. So we're curious to know, like from your perspective or from what you've studied, how maybe not accurate is not a good term, but how helpful are those different tools and how, I guess, misleading or should we all have CoStar on our phone? <laughs> So Coast, that's a really good question. Um, CoStar is an interesting one. It was a very controversial app within oh. like the online oh. astro community because <laughs> there were all these rumors going around about how like they don't pay their writers well or like they would just hire anyone oh. who doesn't even know astrology to write for them. Um, but then there is like. <laughs> There is, uh, I think the CEO of CoStar like went on this very famous astrology podcast and like expelled all the rumors, basically. <laughs> so, uh, in my opinion, I think CoStar is an okay starting point. I still have it. I don't really check it anymore. Um, I would say, uh, there. I think there are some issues with the way they show the birth chart. Like, there's no details beyond, like, the sign and the house. And there's no transparency behind, like, the house system, basically. It's, like, default to porphyry, and you can't really change it. Um, and then they they don't tell you, like degrees and they're very unclear about like the aspects between planets like they tell you the meaning first and then show the actual reason why in like very small text at the bottom <laughs> no <laughs> but i think like the i guess it's i guess it's a good starting point um if you're curious and you want to learn more but for me, like, I was curious, so I downloaded CoStar, and it wasn't enough, so mm. I went on to, like, research more things. But I but would it was, like, the gateway. <laughs> yeah, one of them. But I would also say, like, to be careful, because sometimes they just give you incorrect data. Mm. Um, like, your ascendant could be different from what CoStar tells you. Yeah. Um, That's good but, to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good thing we have someone here to do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, in general, um, when you see horoscopes in pop culture, those are a lot more general because they can't really be curated to your specific chart. It's more so just based on your sun sign or your rising sign. Um, so, uh, you are going to kind of get the thing where, like, the entirety of the human population is broken into 12 categories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, mm. I would say horoscopes, like pop culture horoscopes, they can be accurate. It just depends who you're reading them from. Yeah. Mm. 
I would guess that a lot of times when, because I know a few people who are very against astrology or who think it's a joke. And I think maybe it's because they're just seeing those things, the horoscopes and things on um, in magazines that are just very generalized and broad. Because I'm sure you've heard the the thing where skeptics are like, like, if you think about it, you could be any, any of these could apply to you or like, it's so general, like, that um, it could mean anything. So I think if people, well, first of all, if they listen to this podcast, but also <laughs> if they like dig into it more and like all the different foundational concepts and characteristics that you're talking about, it makes it so much more detailed that it makes sense that people would think it's a scam if they just see the surface level of it. So I'm sure not everyone wants to really dig deep and people are just fine with like getting a brief overview. But maybe like before really criticizing it, like it would be good to learn more about it. Or I think that's helped me um, appreciate it more. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think also like a lot of people do get turned off because of the stereotypes where people are like, Oh, what's your sign? Oh, I'm a Gemini. Oh, you're insane. It's like, that's not helpful. That doesn't yeah. like tell you anything. Have you heard the thing, um, just because I, I guess I'm really into YouTube, so I watch a lot of content creators who are in LA, and it's like the stereotype now that like your, um, your sign is like how you introduce yourself now in LA, and it's gotten, I guess, a bad rap because it's it's seen as like very superficial or I don't know I've heard I definitely heard that before or they say like weird stuff for their like sun moon rising or like in their dating app they'll put yeah. that like in their profile and people don't take it seriously oh my god there's yeah. like a dating for Virgo support group on Facebook that's what <laughs> oh to me like I'm, should I be offended <laughs> I think they were trying to say something with them <laughs> Well, do we want to well, get into our yeah. charts since we're talking about our signs already? <laughs> yeah. So Hannah already did this yeah. for me before. And it was like so amazing and detailed. Like we had like a screen share with like the birth chart, like wow. the, the graph and stuff. And I think Hannah found out that I had like a younger sibling and like did all this. So I'm very curious <laughs> for the process for, for you guys. All right. Well... I let me so I didn't let's see so for Ming's chart it was like very limited what I could do without yeah. the birth time um but we can still there's still a bit to talk about how limited is it is it like totally um I'm kind of limited to talking yeah, about that would like, be good to know personality stuff versus because with when you have a birth time, then you know where all the houses are, and the houses will tell you like other areas uh, of life besides just um like psychological self stuff um so that stuff I can't mm -hmm. really speak on. We could make a couple guesses, but <laughs> no yeah. I'm also curious about location because the two things that Wunda asked us to provide you was where you were born and what time you were born so yeah. does having one or the other help or like you need you definitely need both 
Um, you definitely need both, uh, because the location and the time work together for like time zone purposes, but also like based right. on your location, like the the sun rises at a different time. Um so it kind of like you kind of need all the information to get uh as accurate mm-hmm. Uh, view as you can but yeah should i just go ahead and that's okay i'll take what i can get (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay cool so let me pull up your chart so um this is actually very interesting because you were born 10 days after me so there are a couple of similarities Mm -hmm. um so your son is in libra um, your mm. moon actually could either be in Virgo or Libra because <laughs> oh. it switches over mm. in the middle of the day. So if you were born in the morning, you would have a Virgo moon. And if you were born in the afternoon or evening, you'd have a Libra moon. And then your rising sign is unknown. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Libra sun, I would say... These people are concerned with justice, fairness, reciprocity, harmony, beauty, um, and they're also very socially oriented. Um, So Libra is a cardinal air uh, diurnal sign, and it's ruled by (laughs) Venus. So when you think of cardinal air, it's actively like going around putting itself out there oh yeah i forgot to mention earlier um but air is associated with like ideas communication um you know like back and forth talking to people stuff like that so cardinal air is very like let's start something together let's start something with a social group um Mm-hmm. Then, our book club, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, maybe you have a point. Ooh. And then, uh, with Libra being ruled by Venus, it brings in the significations of like beauty, uh, romance, harmony, um, also like idealism, and there's a mm. great desire to like keep the peace. I do this myself too, as I'm also a Libra son, mm. but it's like, sometimes it's like, you'd rather let something, you'd rather like not say anything to keep the peace rather than like argue your point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. Mm. <laughs> Confirm. <Yeah. laughs> and then for the moon sign, if you're a Virgo moon, uh, I would say Virgo moon's so Virgo is a nocturnal, mutable Earth sign, and it's ruled by Mercury. So um, Earth is very practical, um, and it has to do with like your, like the physical world, like your living space, your finances, um, the care and upkeep of your body, just everything pra- practical. So Virgo moons. Um, I would say are very concerned with like discipline details. There's a lot of perfectionism and 
I know that mm. the Virgo moons I know are pretty hard on themselves. Um, <laughs> your moon sign can be thought of as like the way that you instinctively react to something before you have time to think through your response. Um, whereas the sun <laughs> is like, um, some people say it's sort of like your life path or like the general direction of your life or the general theme that is present along your whole life mm. um and then side note your rising sign is like literally you <laughs> oh. because it's like the sign that was rising over the horizon as you were born so oh. this is also why the time is important the birth time because um wow i'm getting off topic but <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the the philosophy of like planets rising and setting, um, the rising point was considered to be like the beginning or the birth, um, mm. and the setting point was considered like the end. So that's why like when you are born into this world, you are associated with the sign that is also rising into the sky. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> then is, is there a reason why people don't go by their rising sign, but instead go, wait. By their sun, yeah. actually, right? Yeah, by their sun sign. Like, why yeah. would I be a Libra versus whatever I am? <laughs> so I think it's mostly I guess because most people don't know their exact birth time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think in the 80s, like, sun sign astrology became really popular. Because um, astrology, like, was, it went on the down low for a while, I think. <laughs> People weren't really into it. And then there's, like, a resurgence in maybe the 60s or the 80s or something. But it was mostly focused on sun signs. So people just didn't really know about the rising sign. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Cool. So... Back to Ming's birth chart. <laughs> yes, back to me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you were a Virgo moon, uh, you'd be more concerned with, like, details, perfection, practicality, um, making sure everything's in order, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. But if you were Libra moon, uh, it would really just further emphasize the Libra energy you already have. <laughs> um, emotionally, you would probably put a lot of emphasis into what other people think, perhaps more <laughs> so. <laughs> like, it's more important what other people feel versus how you feel. Um, and also just, like, naturally feeling like you want to be around other people, um, getting along with groups of people easily. Um, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> wow. So, um, obviously I don't know any of like your houses, but one interesting signature I saw in your chart is that um, the sun is, sun and Saturn are moving into an opposition so opposition is basically a uh, an aspect with a lot of tension. It's like opposing sides 
Um, so I could see this manifest as like challenges with authority figures, potentially, um, especially like male authority figures, um, <laughs> or other potentially issues with leadership, like whether you are the leader or it's someone else who is the leader that you have challenges with. Mm. Um, but challenge like having challenges like this but feeling the need to like keep it harmonious um and to keep your mm-hmm. feelings sort of confined and restricted um yeah that was, that was kind of negative <laughs> i will yeah, say i however, can think of a few examples <laughs> <laughs> i will say however that like challenging aspects like that are also really great opportunities for growth so usually, like, um, over the course of your life, certain things in the birth chart will play out. And, like, things that seem really negative at first are actually very great opportunities for growth. And you, like, learn a lot from that thing, and it becomes a positive thing in your life. Thanks, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and then something else i thought was really cool is that you have what's called a mutual reception between your mercury and your mars so you have mercury in scorpio and mars in virgo and um mercury and mercury is like as i mentioned intellect uh essentially your mental processes and Mars is more like the way you take action in the world, um, how you get things done. And so uh, mutual reception is basically when the planets are in each other's ruling signs. So Mars rules Scorpio and Mercury rules Virgo. And so they have their roles kind of reversed, but they can see each other by a sextile, which is like their two signs away. So that means that their energies are working together really well, actually, and blending very harmoniously to create um, a very strong Mercury and Mars uh, connection and stuff like that. So um, the way this would manifest is like you would be able to reason, like use your intellect to like logically think about things in a way that's like very deep but also very practical um and same with the way you take action the way you work on things um you probably care a lot about like planning things out and making sure every last detail is in place but not only that there's also like a reason for why every detail is the way it is Mm -hmm. um because scorpio adds that depth um it's like it's fixed water so corresponding to like intensity depth uh internal emotional stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that's pretty much all i had no that is so good (laughs) i feel like this is definitely not your role at all, but I feel like I just sat through a therapy. <laughs> it's like, it's very, I mean, as someone who doesn't, who likes to think about themselves and like reflect, I guess, a lot, I can like 
hearing more about me, I just like it affirms some things I think about myself or it makes a lot of sense. And it's just adding to like how I view myself, I guess, which is I really like thinking about that. So I get like more knowledge to like increase my brain power. That's awesome. It's like consistent with other stuff, Ming. Like you got harmony too on that other test. Yeah. We've done a I, lot of personality <laughs> tests. Yeah. Versus, yeah. I feel like yeah. a lot of it like just reaffirms what Each we other. But I already knew about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, so I'm excited to hear Sally's. The peacemaker on the Enneagram too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much yes, but, but it was very speaker. accurate. Yeah, <laughs> we can confirm. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad it resonated. Um, cool. So I guess we'll yes, move on to Sally. Sure. Um, so here's another yeah. interesting timing thing. So <laughs> Linda told me it was between 10 and 11 p.m. So mm-hmm. if you were born at 10, let's see, which sign was it? Um, your ascendant would be in Libra, but if you were born at 11, your ascendant would be in Scorpio. (laughs) So I, um, went out on a limb and assumed that you're Libra rising. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really give me Scorpio rising vibes. Um, also because you, you can also like confirm this and let me know what you think because... If your rising sign was Scorpio, you actually have Mars in Scorpio. And so that means that Mars would be on or near your ascendant. So, and people who have Mars on their ascendant generally come off as like sort of combative or kind of aggressive or are just like very Uh active. um, Are you sure that's not Linda? Like, that might be Linda. I mean, if Sally with the tequila shots was combative. No. <laughs> There's, yeah, because like Scorpio and Libra rising are very opposite, I think. Because um, mm-hmm. Scorpio is more so like, I'm going to quietly stew over here and plan my revenge. Mm-hmm. And Libra is more like, I, I just want everyone to get along. <laughs> But, I'll take the Libra. <laughs> I mean, which which one do you resonate with more? <laughs> yeah, I think I resonate I mean, with Libra I more. So. I'm not that combative. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I trust your opinion. Cool. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna go off the assumption that you're Libra rising. So I guess I'll start with Sun. So. Your Pisces sun, which uh, Pisces is nocturnal, mutable water, and it's ruled by Jupiter. So um, Pisces is mutable water is, you can think of it as water that kind of has no form. It's, it like disperses kind of like, you could think of the ocean, like it would be impossible to track one piece of water throughout the ocean because once it goes in there like it's just it becomes part of the whole Mm. so pisces Mm -hmm. is more focused on 
um, like very large ideas, uh, also ideas of like faith and spirituality, um, and more so like dreams, ide- ideals, larger goals, um, and also creativity because water is associated with creativity. Um, it can also, it's also like very deep and complex. Um, yeah, so that's Pisces. So Mm -hmm. as, as your sun sign, that means that those themes are probably things that, um, uh, that like occur or are important to you over the course of your life. And then. Mm -hmm. Wait, actually, I have a question. Um, so. I think my birthday is on the cusp of Aquarius and Pisces. Does that have to do with anything? Like the sun sign is on the cusp. Yeah. So cusps are, um, it's basically like the crossover from one sign to the next. Um, on, mm-hmm. I guess the way that, the geometry is spread out is that each sign has 30 degrees. So um, your sun is at one degree of Pisces. So it like just entered Pisces. Mm. Um, But if you're born like the day before, you probably would have been an Aquarius sun or maybe like two days before. Um, So that's what's Mm. referred to as cusp. But in reality, a planet can never be in two signs at once. So that, so you have a Pisces. Yeah, you're Pisces. Sun. You gotta accept it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just asking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like yeah. a little bit Aquarius mixed it with my Pisces. I, I guess not. <laughs> well, there's a reason why you might feel that way. Um, because you have Saturn in your seventh house and close-ish to your descendant. So that means that Saturn is like an angular planet. So it's angular planets tend to have more agency and manifest themselves more so than other planets. Um, And Saturn is the ruling planet of Aquarius. So um, you have a pretty prominent Saturn um, which could make you feel like you relate to a lot of Aquarian themes. Because mm. I actually have the same thing or like a mm-hmm. similar thing to you. So, yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So your moon sign is in Aries. Um, Aries is cardinal, fire, diurnal, ruled by Mars. So Aries Moon, I would classify as like very passionate, um, perhaps somewhat combative. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, because Mars again is the planet of like, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> and Aries is like it's that the energy of like a spark that's about to combust or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know science, but I think it takes like an extreme amount of energy to like start the fire, but maintaining it is like less energy. Something like mm-hmm. that. Activation <laughs> energy. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um 
moon sign, so the way you respond to situations is probably like with speed and energy. Um, and when it comes to your feelings, you're probably more focused on like uh, yourself and your own feelings as opposed to like a Libra moon where you're focused on mm. other people's feelings. Um, but it's also interesting because you have Saturn uh, within eight degrees of your moon. So um, Saturn is going to put a sort of dampening effect on your moon. And you might feel like you can't always express your feelings or like feel your feelings fully the way you oh. want to. Oh. Um, you got her. Because <laughs> 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 uh, Saturn is all about like restraint and uh, confinement. Whereas like your moon, your moon really wants to like be wild and express itself and like scream like, I feel this way. <laughs> But Saturn's like, no, it's not appropriate. Be serious. Um, so yeah, that's a moon sign. And then for Libra rising, it's similar to what I was saying earlier for like Libra sun, but being focused on harmony and beauty, fairness, reciprocity, um, the fair and equal exchange of ideas uh, and being socially minded. Um, I think as your rising sign, that means that you yourself embody those things, um, and the way you move through the world is probably with a lot of grace. <laughs> um, grace? And, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. Uh... Also, since you're born at nighttime, you might resonate with your moon sign more than your sun sign, actually. Mm. Um, because if you think about it, like during the nighttime, the primary light in the sky is the moon, so it's going to have more influence than the sun. Um, so, yeah, and since your moon is uh, relatively close to Saturn, that could also be why you relate to Aquarius as well. Um, but let's see, I'm going to talk about your ascendant ruler. So, um, when looking at like the life of the person in the chart, uh, a good place to start is the first house, which is the ascendant. Um, and if there are no planets in the first house, you look at the ruler. Um, so that's the case for you. So we're looking at Venus which is the ruler of your Libra first house. Um, so your Venus is actually in a very well-dignified position in Pisces. Um, it's actually in its exaltation. So that means that it is lifted on high. It is thriving, um, living its <laughs> best life, surrounded by all that good Pisces juice. <laughs> um <laughs> But it's also in your sixth house. So the sixth house can be a challenging house. Um, it's related to like um, 
things that you have to like work hard at on a daily basis to keep up with um things that you can't slack on like your health or um uh any sort of service you do for others or like uh like work or daily routines of work that you just have to do on a regular basis sort of like the grind i would say um Mm -hmm. and it's a house that's related to this feeling where you have to like work constantly or like work really hard and sometimes it feels like you're never gonna reach the end goal um and it can be very exhausting actually um but with venus there that should bring some more benefits to like soften it up a little bit um you might actually enjoy doing service or like your daily routine type of things um but uh you also have sun and mercury in the same house there um with venus and pisces sixth house so uh an interesting thing is that mercury and pisces is actually undignified it's not comfortable there at all because mercury is very much concerned with picking apart the details um establishing like this is like what exactly something is uh that sort of like practical detail oriented sort of feel whereas pisces is not detail oriented um pisces is more like it's just the big picture um and like you just have to go with it and so with mercury there it's like your mercury which is like thoughts, communications, etc. It's kind of struggling in that regard where um, sometimes like you, it can be hard to articulate like exactly what your idea is um, because it's like you know the, the idea in terms of the big picture but trying to like break it down into the details can be more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But the Mercury is also being slightly supported by um, your Venus and your Mars, actually. So what I would get from that is, like, you can have really great, important, strong ideas in your head. And, like, describing them to other people can be a challenge, but it's, like, if you just do it, it turns out perfectly. Like, it turns out exactly the way you wanted. Um, and sometimes it might be easier to just like get something done rather than to like go over the details of it, stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that resonates. I feel like it does, but else? I can't think of a specific example. <laughs> I think I like at work. Yeah. When I'm trying to plan my experience. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk about a uh, potential job slash career interpretations in the chart? Oh. Yeah, we can briefly go over that 
And then I think we're sure. really excited to hear about um, our Linda? friendship. Oh, Linda's chart, and then our friendship <laughs> compatibility. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, <laughs> very briefly. So one of the places you can look at for career is the tenth house. Um, so your tenth house is Cancer, which is ruled by the Moon. Um, and your Moon, as I mentioned, is in Aries. So. Um, it could be uh, something related to like where you're working one on one with people, or uh, or kind of working by yourself, um, and it could be related to like some of those things I said earlier about like uh, feeling constrained because Saturn is also close by um, since. The moon is in Aries, your workplace could be more like fast paced or go through a lot of changes. Um, and sometimes like you may have to take a role where you just have to like go along with the changes, even though it's it can be frustrating. Um, stuff like that. Uh, Significations of the moon in regards to jobs could be like taking care of something um, or like tending to something, keep like uh, keeping up with something to make sure it's like doing okay every day. Um, with your sixth house uh, planets, I would also throw in like service type work or even medical or healthcare type of stuff. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I had for jobs. Is that accurate at all? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think some parts like some when you were talking about working one on one, um, that is something that I like, and like the changing work environment that's very much <laughs> what I'm experiencing right now, I guess. Um, <laughs> My work environment is currently changing since people are coming in and out, um, graduating or whatnot out of the program and my plans to like go to go back to school and stuff like I'm not going to be at this job forever. Um, and then another thing that you said, oh, oh yeah, like keeping up, like making sure something is okay. Um, the thing I thought about was keeping up my cell lines. <laughs> Like I had to maintain my cell lines and Your feed worms. them. No, my cells. Uh. To them. <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy keeping up my um. cells. They're like my pets. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So it's basically what I had for Sally's chart. Um, Linda, should I just like? Do yours relatively quickly. You can just say like two words. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, Linda is Virgo Sun, Leo Moon, and Gemini Rising. But very late Gemini Rising. So if you're born any later, you could be Cancer Rising. (laughs) But I think you're probably Gemini Rising. Why do you say it like it's a bad thing? (laughs) It's (laughs) like I almost escaped being (laughs) Cancer Um. And I would just mention that uh, you have 
Mars very close to your moon, so uh, that can come off as very combative as well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the uh, fighter. <laughs> I guess I'll talk about like Leo and Gemini very quickly because I already talked about Virgo. Um, but Leo is the sign associated with the sun, so it's very like forthcoming, confident self-expression um authentic self uh that type of thing courage so when that's your moon sign um i would see that as having the courage to just fully express your feelings um even if it's not necessarily well thought out <laughs> uh but and also just being very <laughs> oh, honest <yeah. laughs> about how you feel yeah <laughs> Gemini rising. So Gemini is mutable air. Um, so air is already about air is already very like dispersed. Um, but when you have mutable air, it's like super fluid, just like constantly moving around, always going, never in the same place for more than like a split second. Um, and Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So with the air and, uh, the Mercury, it's like a very strong, uh, very strong, what's the word? Emphasis on like thoughts, communication, ideas. Um, I find with a lot of Gemini's, it's like, you're always bored. So you always want to like learn something new or like, find something to stimulate yourself um so yeah that's your sun moon rising the big three i like that <laughs> <laughs> so for us as a unit how are we looking <laughs> All right. will we be together in 10 it's years? pretty good it's pretty good actually yeah, <laughs> oh. oh so wow. there's a lot of air I'm surprised by that. <laughs> there's a lot of air among <laughs> the three of you um you all have interesting mercury configurations um and you all have like significant mutable energy so as well as water so i'll start with the air thing so main you have sun and mercury um and perhaps moon in libra which would be air and then sally you are allegedly <laughs> libra rising mm -hmm. and then linda Alleged. you have gemini <laughs> rising so um especially with all the libra energy it's like a strong <laughs> um direction towards like harmony and keeping the peace and also like being socially minded so focused on the other person and their needs and their feelings um and then with all this air um it probably helps with like the flow of ideas and communication which is very important to relationships obviously um and going off of that you all have like very interesting mercury configurations so ming as i mentioned you have you're like very strong Mercury in mutual reception with your Mars. Um, and then Sally, you have like 
your Mercury is in its fall, but it's helped by um, a very strong Venus and Mars. And then Linda, you have like a very well dignified Mercury. It's in its home sign and it's angular, so a lot of agency. So you all have like, uh, for Mercury, I would say that's like your ability to express your thoughts to another person. So it seems like you all have the ability to express yourselves um, the way you want to. Um, but you all have, and you all have ideas that are like, it's not all the same thing, but that's a good thing because the variety is the spice of life or whatever I say. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like just enough variety to keep it interesting, you know, without it being like too wildly different. Um, yeah. And then Sally and Linda have fire in common. <laughs> So Sally has Moon, Jupiter, and Saturn and Aries, and Linda has Moon and Mars and Leo. So um, I would say Fire is more so uh, the ability to like get things going, or like the passion and energy behind something. Um, And then. Ming and Linda have Earth in common. So, Ming, you have Mars and Virgo, and possibly Moon and Virgo. And then, Linda, you have like a million planets in Virgo, <laughs> plus Saturn and Taurus. <laughs> so, um, Earth is all about like the practicality, um, uh, yeah, like being able to think long term. Uh, and be practical with details and stuff like that. And then you all Our have Google calendar. Maybe. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you all have significant mutable energy, so that means you're all able to like be adaptable and go with the flow. Not always, but like in general, that's I would say mm-hmm. that's the vibe. Um, uh, and you also all have water. So water is like um, creativity, emotion, um, your sort of internal life. Um, so Megan, Sally, you both have Scorpio. And then uh, Linda, actually all three of you have something in Pisces. So you are able to like relate to each other on an internal level as well. Um, so yeah, I would say in general, it's like strong element compatibility and uh, a general trend towards keeping the harmony, keeping the peace and the ability to communicate well when tensions arise um, and being able to resolve things. So yeah. Wow, we sound like a great friend group. <laughs> no, I like that. You're <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, we often joke about having like the same thought, like a shared brain. We are one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everything makes sense. Yeah. You know, that was so professional. Like, yeah. you <laughs> hold it together so well. Like, 
Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> so I think especially with like people who are new to it, mm-hmm. the all the different planets and the systems can be very confusing, but you were able to relay like what that means or how it manifests in a very clear way. Which I think is a skill, so props <laughs> yeah. to you. You like Thank kind you. of feel seen in a way, like yeah, seen that's on what I'm a like therapy. I feel level. I feel yeah. like now Hannah knows my most intimate self. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a big reason why I like got so curious about it because uh, for me, like as a Libra <laughs> and also like I have my, yeah. I have three planets in Libra in my 12th house, which is like the weakest house. So I feel like I'm not able to like conceptualize or perceive myself well. So I was, like, looking at astrology to try to understand myself better, to, like, be like, why am I the way I am? <laughs> so, yeah, I think it is, like, <laughs> very therapeutic mm-hmm. to um, sort of do, like, self-analysis with astrology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like hearing things about myself makes me reflect on it more. And, like, like I had to think, like, is this really me? Or without it, I wouldn't like I wouldn't think about myself as much, and it really like hearing these things being said at me really helps me to learn more about myself. I think, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's different than like a quiz, yeah. Because Hannah's like, you are like, yeah, yeah, you are you like are this, fluid. and I'm like, like yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well it's also the question of like am i do i actually act like a libra or do i act like a libra because people have told me that Mm. libras act this way Mm. but i think like going back to what i said at the very beginning like astrology is subjective um so like even within the same birth chart like I can look at it now and see certain things about myself in that chart that resonate with me. But in like 20 years, I'll probably look at the same chart and see like very different things that resonate with me. Um, And I think that's part of why like there are so many different systems of astrology. Um, There are like a million different house division uh, ways you can do it. And like, a lot of other different types of astrology that we didn't even get into but in general like it can all work because it's subjective <laughs> but mm-hmm. i think what's important is like if you're able to get value out of it then it's working i guess it's just like mm-hmm. interesting and like it's fun to think about mm-hmm. yeah so Hannah, do you have any like recommendations for people who are looking to get into astrology? Or you mentioned like podcasts and things you listen to. Um, I feel like you know what's what's good in the astro community. Yeah, the astro community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um a good place in terms of apps, you can get the this app called Time Passages. Um, the UI is kind of jank, but I think it shows like where the planets are and it shows your chart very clearly. 
Um, and it even has some interpretations on the aspects as well. So that's called Time Passages. Um, the number one podcast is, it's just called The Astrology Podcast. It's hosted by Chris Brennan. He's kind of a legend <laughs> in the astrology community. Oh. <laughs> um, it's it's very long, though. Like, sometimes the episodes are, like, three hours long. So not for the faint of heart. But um, if you're uh, very curious, I would suggest starting with um, the foundational episodes on, like, the meanings of the signs, the meanings of the planets, and the meanings of the houses. That will give you a pretty good foundation. Um, there are also books, <laughs> uh, more like textbooks. Um, one that I have is called, oh god, what is it called? It's called On the Heavenly Spheres. Um, I can't remember the author's names at the moment, but that's pretty thorough on like traditional astrology and then there's also um the book that's just called hellenistic astrology which is by chris redden the the host of the podcast so yeah i think those are good places to start oh, thank you so much yeah. for coming thank on you so much <laughs> it was a great time yeah it was really nice, yeah. like how detailed you got into it. And like you said, I think you can take away as much as you want from it. And you can like, and you can probably relate to some aspects more right now than others, but later on in your life, it may change depending on what stage of life that you're in. So that's really cool. And I really like the idea of how this is tied to like a much bigger thing like your whole your little life on earth is tied to this whole like um this whole planet system and, universe yeah universe <laughs> sorry i can't find the word okay it's, it's tied to this whole universe and like how like all these big planets are moving can be related to how you develop as a person which is really cool um but i think it was a really fun experience. And thank you so much for taking your time to do our birth charts. Um, and mm -hmm. thank you for coming yeah. on to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was so yeah. much fun. If you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.